This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 173, Return of the X-Files, Part 1. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Strangers and Aliens, the podcast which is the cross-section between pop culture and theology. And I am joined today by my eminent co-host, Ben Avery. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hopefully, that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> but hopefully, everyone is doing well. And uh, Evan is not with us today, and uh, Dr. Jace is still emeritus so it's just going to be Ben and I talking about the Ben and I Ben and me talking about the new X Files season, season ten. Yeah, and, uh, it's and there's a couple reasons past- that Evan's not here. Uh, one that? reason there's a couple reasons Evan's not here with us right now, and one is that he's in Hawaii, and the other is that he's never ever 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 watched an episode of the X Files. Can you believe it? I can. <laughs> I can because he hasn't watched so much stuff. <laughs> well, you know, he's he's also a lot younger than us, so he is. Yes, I think he was like two when X Files first hit the scene. So, yeah, so there's there's some it's it's really interesting because of his learning curve um, having him on the show because Doctor Jace was. Uh, uh, he was younger than me. He, he was younger than me. Yeah, significantly younger than me. Um, and that was interesting because of his viewpoints on things. But having Evan, it's completely new. I mean, he was born around the time that the uh, the the Star Star Wars prequels were coming out. So interesting aspect he yeah. brings to the entire thing. I mean, it is. But, I mean, we're not going to make fun of him for how young he oh, is. No. I mean, yeah. he's he's like three, I think, right now. But um, he's <laughs> come on. He's that's not teens. fair. He's not here. He's he's not a tween, here. isn't he? I think he's a tween. No, no. he's a <laughs> he's a trusted co-host, a good friend. Yeah, and he's not here, so I am yes going to mock him a little bit. But of course, of course. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he's not here. It, it worked out nicely, though. Uh, the the week he's gone on vacation is also the week that that turns out to be this this x-files episode so Mm. here's the deal with this episode this is part one because as of this recording only three episodes of the six episode season have aired six episode season that sounds wrong it sounds oh so right we'll talk about (laughs) it i'm sure but 
the back half, the the final three episodes, we'll do another episode after episode six has aired, right? Right. And and we'll talk about the, you know, those three episodes and then the whole thing. In in whole, I guess, but right. For now, we've seen three episodes, and that's what we're going to talk about. So I was wondering, do we want to talk first about this this short season? Um, it's sure. kind of well, I I would say that it's kind of taking its cues from the BBC and mm-hmm. and some of those uh, series that they have, where right. it's it's a shortened season to us, but to them, it's just hey, we get eight episodes of Red Dwarf or six episodes of the Vicar of I can't yeah. remember her name. The Vicar of Faulty Towers. Dibley or whatever. Or, yeah, know. Faulty Towers. Those are, that's but probably where I was first it's, introduced it's going, to this short short season uh, right, but concept was Faulty Towers. It, it's also going off of the modern uh, application of it with Netflix and uh-huh. with uh, Hulu when you have these, you know, they're putting out 10 episodes or, you know, six episodes or 13, or 13 episodes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then also with Agent Carter. On, on NBC, mm-hmm. which is filling in the gap between two halves of a season of one show, um, right. but they're filling it in with a very concentrated uh, series of, of episodes. And mm-hmm. in some ways, I feel like that's a really good thing. But then there's other th- reasons why you feel like it's not a good thing, especially if it's really, really good. If it's a good series. Now, if yeah. it's something like, I don't know, thinking back to Arrow when I was watching it, and I just felt like, well, they're just they're just biding their time before they do something important. Um, <laughs> and even yeah. Battlestar Galactica a little bit, where you just felt like they have these long seasons that they have to fill, but they want to do a, a really you know structured narrative. They want to you know do one long arc throughout the series, but the arc doesn't really feel the time. So we're going to do a boxing episode. Right. You know, because why not? And every sci-fi show does at least some form of the boxing episode. Right. And you have to have every, every, you know, one episode each season concentrating on, you know, one individual character. Right. Yeah. You know, so every season of uh, Next Generation, you had the the Data episode, you know, and he's, (laughs) it's exploring. And they serve their purpose. Yeah. Well, and... the more popular the character, the more episodes they got focused right. on them. But you're right. They did serve their purpose. But when it was less serialized, I felt like it was less um, of a of a time filler. You know, right. with, with Next Generation, every episode was basically its own little movie. And so there right. wasn't filler, you know, tiding you over until the next thing. X-Files was different, though, because it had serialized storytelling, but it also had these one-off episodes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have the mythology episodes that tended to be about, you know, Mulder's backstory, Scully's backstory, Scully's pregnancy, uh, how do aliens fit into all of that, the right. alien agenda that seems to Mulder's change. Mulder's pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's it's just one of those kind of cool things here where we're going to get six episodes and I'm getting ahead of myself maybe but these three episodes were really really good i really enjoyed all three of them i felt like i was watching you know a greatest hits of season 10 <laughs> you know like these are the episodes that you want to go back and watch from season 10 because the other ones are okay but they're not great so it's almost like they skipped 
they they skip the mediocre X Files episodes. Well, I would have to not fully agree with that because there's at least one episode in there that we'll get to that I was not just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> it I am just curious. Did not grab me. I'm curious if it's the same episode that my friend Tim Barron was texting me about. Did you see the last episode of X Files? Yeah, yeah, I hated it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not at all the reaction I had, Tim. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I just the, the first episode. Well, let's let's start. Let's let's see yeah, what let's, we got here. Let's do the first episode. Three episodes. Uh, the first one is called My Struggle. My Struggle. Directed by Chris Carter, and written by Chris Carter, who Ooh, is guy. what. Who is that guy? That would be the creator of the X-Files. Oh, the same X-Files that we're watching? Indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm channeling Evan here for a second. <laughs> so, yeah, so this episode here is... We, we've aged in real time with our characters. Yeah. yeah. And we oh my goodness steve did you like this episode let's just start right there my struggle did you like this episode well it's interesting because i did like it and i was like sort of trying to figure out exactly why i was liking it and it was like afterwards i'm like it's it's interesting that i liked it because it was like very much like a recap episode and you're you're relearning hmm. You know, this stuff that you, if you haven't watched the show in, in a couple of years, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. That that was that was the resolution of that plot line. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. That character did that thing. And you're, you're sort of catching up. But at the same time, some of the stuff is, it's almost like it's smacking you in the face. Instead of, um, you know, all these things that are still mysterious and still out there, it's sort of like saying, uh, you know, these things... Are you know this is this is the revelation of all of them, and you're sort of getting all of that. So it 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 left me sort of both, you know, nostalgic, like oh yeah, this is really good because it touches on all those old themes, but at the same time, sort of like, well, what have we learned that's really new? I mean, there's the new little mystery that's going on, but it just it didn't seem afterwards like go watching it going through it the first time it was interesting that's the that was the interesting part of it and then afterwards thinking about it i was sort of like wait a minute that's it <laughs> and i knew that you know it, the the second episode wasn't going to uh you know technically follow it was going to be one of those standalone episodes so i'm sort of like well you know now i have to wait until the whole series is complete to sort of get this full story that i was sort of hoping would be more uh, evident in the first episode. I, I mean, this first episode was a you know call what we call a mythology episode, right? And it was which gets into the whole conspiracy, you know, this worldwide conspiracy that over the years includes bees, aliens, UFOs, um, the black clones, world. black goo dripping out of people's eyeballs and stuff. I mean, it's like all over the place, but that's, you know, in, in twin peaks speak, you know, the mythology episodes were who killed Laura Palmer. And then where do you go after you reveal that? Well, in the X files, they would reveal something and then they would reveal, you know what? We revealed that, but 
strictly speaking, you know, it's not true except from a certain point of view. You know, and, <laughs> and that's kind of what they're getting into here with this episode about the aliens is that, you know, all that stuff was true, but it's only true because they wanted you to think it was true. Right. And but at the same time, you know, I'm having a little bit of a different reaction than you because I'm watching this and it's been years since I've watched X-Files. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went on an X-Files kick with uh, some of these DVD sets that they had when they were uh, putting out the sets that were just like best of episodes or important episodes from each season rather than watching a whole season. I was just watching those. And, but I still, I mean, I'm, that's probably been 10 years since then. Um, You know, the last time then, let's see, when was, I want to believe, when did that come out? That movie? Oh, it was like 2004, 2007, 2008. Could have been that late. I'm not sure. Let's see here. Yeah, 2008. Okay. 2008. And so, yeah, last time I really spent any time with, with the X-Files characters was eight years ago. <laughs> and that was nice. It didn't give a lot of resolution to anything, but it was nice mm-hmm. to just see where they are. Where's Mulder and Scully right now? Right. You know, and they're kind of together and you know they're, they're they put things behind them but it's time to get back in the in the saddle and and i feel like this episode that we're watching right now with the with this season this first episode i feel like is a return to those characters but at the same time you don't necessarily need to know all of the details of all of the things that happened before and that's one compliment i want to give to this is that the canon and the all the obscure things that they could be relying on and re- referencing and stuff, they aren't. You know, they're referring to things, but they're doing so in a very vague way. Like, mm-hmm. remember the aliens and the alien you know, colonization and all these things yeah. that were supposed to happen in 2012 that didn't happen? <laughs> See, now that's the thing that I wish this was. The 2012? I wish, well... I'm a huge War of the Worlds fan. Uh-huh. Like almost everybody, I guess. But <laughs> in, in their own way. I mean, a lot of you know films are based off of it, et cetera, right. et cetera. But the thing is, you can't recreate what Orson Welles did. You just can't do it because of how media works these days. But what could have happened, and I was thinking about this at the time, and I'm like, how cool would it have been if Chris Carter in his genius while he was filming the X-Files and maybe afterwards and you know whatever and filled in the blanks and stuff but was filming something else okay? I remember you talking about this Yeah and he, he it it's piggybacked onto a different movie so you go in and you're watching you know uh uh Lorna in Manhattan, whoever, I don't even know what, I'm just making up a movie, whatever movie title, and the movie starts, okay, and then you're in a movie theater with, you know, a whole bunch of other people, the movie starts, and then all of a sudden something happens, and it's a different movie. What are you going to do? Are you going to leave? Or are you going to say, wait a minute, something's going on here, and make it seem like, you know, okay, this could only happen right here, right now. And, you know, opening night would be obviously the big reveal on this. And so anyone going to see this opening night, 
would see this thing happening and no one would know it's happening unless of course you know you were one of the people sworn to secrecy making this film and it's happening and you can't leave the theater because you're going to miss it and it's just one thing after another and there's no downtime there's no you know lag time and it piggybacks on the the whole you know prophecy of the the alien invasion of 2012 and all that stuff and it just tells that part of the story and I was like, that is how you could get it done. That's how you could do War of the Worlds again. It, it might not, you know, panic the nation and all that stuff, but it would have that same effect of, you know, using that a, a type, a, a specific medium for telling this story in a different way. It's a meta story. And working that through, I thought that would be epic. That would be fantastic, phenomenal, something that wouldn't ever be done again because, you know, now people could see it and, you know, figure it out that it's going to happen again or whatever. But that would be the the time. That would be the place. That would be the only real way that it could get done. I guess someone else could do it now based on, you know, my – I guess I could patent this and then I could make some money off of it when it finally happens. But <laughs> Except that it's know, never going to happen. No, it's never going to happen. But the thing is how cool would that have been? If you go into a movie and you're expecting one thing and all of a sudden it's the X-Files movie that we've all been waiting for. The closest we got to that was with some of the promotional for uh, Cloverfield, mm-hmm. which had a great, great promotional team behind it. Now, I'm not sure what's going on with this Cloverfield or 10 Cloverfield Lane or something like that, Yeah, uh, which yeah. is looks to be it's a sequel to Cloverfield one way or another. Um, but with, with Cloverfield where they weren't even really telling you what this was, you know, mm-hmm. there's no way of knowing what this is. And there were people who were talking about Cloverfield being a code name for a Voltron movie. Mm-hmm. And, and that when it actually comes out, it would end up being this live action Voltron movie or something. I don't know how right. they got onto Voltron, you know, it was websites that were, you know, reporting news and, you know, quote unquote air quotes news uh, mm-hmm. but it's about as close as they got to that. But uh, here's what happened though. You know what happened in 2012, uh, in 2012, Steve, uh, the world ended. I believe. Nothing. <laughs> like oh, the yeah, same nothing. thing happened That's in the X-Files universe that happened in hours. Mm-hmm. It, nothing happened. And yeah. so there's a little bit of jadedness to, uh, to Mulder and, and his, his certain, his, his place in, in life right now. And, Scully, she is doing good for people. She is working at a hospital. And this is, again, it's nice to see these people who we spent, you know, nine years with mm-hmm. and and then a mediocre movie. Um, <laughs> just, well, there were two movies. Well, uh, yeah, but the, that, that movie was part of those nine years. Okay, you know, it was, there was a, a good, what, 10 years between season nine season finale and and the movie uh, right. I want to believe but and that you know you talk about Chris Carter's genius and giving people what they're not expecting I want to believe that movie was not what people were expecting that movie was no. basically a mediocre episode yeah. stretched out into two hours yeah and it there's an there's enjoyable elements to it it's mm-hmm. well crafted as a cinematic television episode <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but it's not what people were expecting which was no. aliens and yeah. 
and uh, conspiracy and and you know cigarette smoking man. Mm-hmm. Although he was supposed to be dead, wasn't he? You know, I haven't seen it in such a long time that I assumed that he was dead. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, they they killed yeah, him I off think... at the end. Yeah. But, you know. People come back. They do. They do. Sometimes they come back, to quote Mr. King. Yeah, the actor's not dead, and so you can have that person come back. And I thought, <clears throat> maybe I was wrong, but in the flashback scene where we see him in the 1940s and mm-hmm. uh, the, the, you know, looking at the, the aliens, the Roswell aliens. Um, there was a character in a black suit and a black hat. And in the fringe universe, they have referenced the X-Files. So it's technically sort of part of the same universe. Uh-huh. And, there are there's a recurring uh, bunch of characters who wear the black uh, the black suit and the black hat. And as soon as I saw him, I'm like, I bet that's a fringe link. Are we back in fringe? <laughs> but no, not not technically back in fringe. Just one of the characters from that universe. And Chris Carter probably said, you know, hey, you guys, you know, winked at you know at the X Files in your series, so I'm going to wink back at you. That type of a thing. I haven't researched it to see if that's exactly what it was, but um, it just seemed out of place that you know, in a military setting, you would have this one guy who is very stereotypically that those characters, you know, one of those characters from Fringe. So um, I don't know. I'll have to check that out. If any, if any of our listeners know, maybe they can enlighten us as well. But I thought that was cool. Yeah. But you know, it was interesting to see him as a younger man. And then later on in the in the the episode, of course, you see him. Spo- wait, wait, spoilers! We should uh, warn. You see something. Well, about... no, we're we're spoiling this show. We're spoiling <laughs> the show. Already, I thought you already mentioned that you, you see him again. We uh, just talked about I him didn't. being alive and dead and everything. No, I I said wasn't he dead at the end? Because I was talking about him not being in the movie. But you know what? It's okay. I'll put a <laughs> I'll put a spoiler warner warning at the very beginning of this episode. So okay, we'll, why don't we'll you okay. do that? Yeah. <laughs> so nobody will get to this point in the episode that we've gotten to. And, and then smack me. Yeah. But why would you be listening to this episode and, and think that we're not going to spoil We have to well, talk about maybe, it. Maybe they're thinking, oh, are they going to tell me if I should watch or not? It's like, I really like that thing in the third episode where we can't talk about it. Yeah, well, that we're spoiling really things. <laughs> we're spoiling things. Hey, so right from the beginning, though, you're talking about that flashback. We see Roswell. Yeah, we see the Roswell crash, the Roswell aliens. We see it happening. Uh, that's, I think that's what really brought me in. Was first of all, we start with a a nice monotone monologue by Fox Mulder, mm-hmm. and you know talking about all those things that had happened. And then you we see the Roswell crash mm-hmm. and what happened with that. And then we get our opening credits. And it's the same opening credits. It is exactly as the if same. the show had just been on for that yeah. entire twenty years. You know, We're just I guess getting... it's in HD now, but mm. yeah, it's, and it's shortened too. It's slightly shortened. Was it? I didn't know. I, I think it was. I mean, it might not have been, but I, to me, it felt shortened. I guess. But 
Yeah, it's them. Like young Mulder and Scully. I was just so surprised to see them. Yeah. You know, just yeah. the way we always saw them walking through that door, you know, and it's they're fresh faced and ready to face the world, you know. I know. And with the flashlight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I don't know if, if you noticed this. Well, that, we're not going to talk about that movie. I was going to talk about Fight the Future a little bit, but the, the flashlight, you made me think of uh, the beginning of that movie where these cavemen are coming into a cave to do an investigation <laughs> and one of them's carrying a torch and the other yeah. one's wearing skins that are almost like, maybe they're both wearing skins, but they're almost like trench coat length. So in, mm-hmm. in profile, you know, it's these two cave investigators, uh, you know, it's, it's the caveman version of Mulder and Skelly, but, <laughs> um, but you know, we're not talking about the past here. We're talking about the present and talking about fighting the future. <laughs> So and we have we have a couple of brand new characters. Yeah, yeah. one is, uh, is it Svetna. I I you know I saw her name in the subtitles. I'm like, I can never say that name ever. I think it's Svetna. But uh, she's she claims to be alien, but doesn't seem to have alien DNA. No. No, and. She claims to be able to read people's minds, but the stuff she says is just vague enough. Mm-hmm. It could be just figured out. And, right. You know, and, and sometimes like that, it's you know, half figured out and half good guess. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if, if she spent any time around, you know, the, a psychic or, you know, a mind reader or whatever, that they're built that way. They are built to to look at a person and take subtle cues and work that into, you know, a, a fortune yeah. for this person or, you know, reading their past. As they're talking, they're yeah. just picking up on the cues to figure out which way to go. It's almost like when you teach a horse how to do math, mm-hmm. you know, and the horse is just reading these <laughs> subtle cues from, you know, someone moving their hand in the audience. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know. Well, and that's the whole the, the psychic phenomenon where it's there's somebody in this room who's lost someone important to them whose name starts with I'm getting an S. Has anyone lost anyone? <gasps> that's me. I that's did. Me. My my brother Steve. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Steve. That's the name I'm looking for. And yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Tall, tall man. No, he was no, he, chubby. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing a little bit better than that, but yeah, they do it. Yeah. They do it well. Yeah, there's um, I forget what the name of the book. I read this uh, book a couple years ago, and it goes into um, that type of brain science where you have people who can just do this stuff. And uh, they were talking about one a magician in particular. You know, one of those he pulls someone up on stage, and he will actually pull things out of people's pockets without them realizing they're doing it, <laughs> that he's doing it. Because he's just, you know, he's talking to them and he's distracting them and he'll just like take something out of their pocket and they don't realize it. And it's it's using brain science and, and things like that to, to, to modify someone's perception of reality. So what are you thinking then about the, uh, well, I, the modern spin on the mythology now? Because you know they're they're obviously trying to bring in they're referencing uh, like Snowden and and uh, WikiLeaks and all those mm-hmm. kind of things, so the yeah. conspiracy stuff they're getting into feels like well today's conspiracy stuff, uh, mm-hmm. which is good you know that's X Files was if anything they were you know they hit at the right time 
with the right kind of uh, paranoia, I guess, you know, because if you look at like, I look at the Twilight Zone and X-Files as very similar because Twilight Zone and X-Files both have very, very unique and and recognizable uh, opening music. But then they also just tap into the paranoia of the day. Mm -hmm. And so the paranoia they're tapping into for this mythology episode is, you know, freedom of information, ultra conservative media. Yeah. That Um, new guy, he's, he's really, he well done. Well, well, interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joel McHale, I think. Is that that his name? name, Yeah. Yeah. Joel McHale. Cause he's the guy from community, right? Didn't watch community. So I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure he was on community. Maybe I'm really off. No, there he is. I didn't watch. I, I looked him up. No, but um, cheater. Well, you know, I had to because otherwise I wouldn't know. <laughs> so he did a great job, though. He did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, playing him subtly, not not hamming it up too much. Right. Yeah. And he he has that that bombast that mm-hmm. you know those it could be a republican it could be democrat it doesn't really matter um but same same type of you know of of person that can do that you know that same same personality over the top a little um a little suspicious of everything yeah but uh also with an interesting tie to scully yeah yeah, and that that tie being that apparently they've had a relationship at some point in the past, or maybe even ongoing. Who, this new guy? Yeah. Really? You didn't, didn't get? That? I didn't catch that at all. No. Well, they're having drinks in his limo, and you know, watch it again. <laughs> I probably will, but I I didn't I didn't get that vibe at all from them. Really? No. No, I just felt like he was trying to um, wine and dine, so to speak, to get her, her, her to be on his side and, and help him out. Really, to get Mulder more than anything. But mm-hmm. anyway, I did, I did not get that vibe. Now there was a connection with uh, Svla, Svla, Svetna. Svetna. Uh, she was interviewed by Mulder mm-hmm. early on in his career when she was very, very young. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out if there was an episode that she was in and they were just, you know, maybe not the same actress, but it doesn't seem like there was. Uh, yeah, I think it was just one of those, you know, and it could have been something that Chris Carter knew and we didn't that we just have never seen before mm-hmm. or whatever. So kind of an interesting. Well, and just because we didn't see it in an episode, I mean, we only saw how many cases in a, in a year, 22 Right, something I mean, like that. Surely they were investigating more than 22 incidents every year. So it's quite possible it just happened in between episodes or something like that. But she remembered being interviewed by him. He doesn't remember her because she's much older now. But, yeah, it. I just feel like we're back home with this episode, though. I feel mm-hmm. like we could have had 20 seasons and this was where we would be with this season. It and would be it would be a real interesting twenty seasons. 
Well, you know, I'm glad we didn't. Honestly, I'm glad we didn't go 20 seasons with the X-Files. And we probably wouldn't have Mulder and Scully in this season if we had, you know, just never stopped. We, We would be we'd be with, you know, on our fourth set of agents or something like that. Right. But I feel like if there's this feels natural, this feels like the right place for them to be. Uh, with their characters where they were when we left them, um, especially with the movie in there. I mean, the movie happened. They don't reference it a lot, but there's feelings that I'm having. Oh, yeah, you know, he was in that cabin or whatever, and they were kind of together but kind of not. And, again, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. I've watched it twice, but they were both like – it was like I watched it in theaters, got it on DVD, watched it again just to be like, wasn't it better than it? No, it wasn't better than I remembered it. (laughs) But, you know, here they are and they still have feelings for each other and they still Mm -hmm. care about each other and they want to help each other. And especially Scully wants to help Mulder, you know, because he's in a bad place and it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. And and the way that they, um, you know, they're, they're dealing with him almost like he's some sort of addict and, uh, you know, I want to say, I wanted to stay away from this, but no, I, I can't help it. You know, it just keeps bringing me back in. Right. The more I try to leave, the more they bring me back in. Yeah. And, and they've aged in real time too. That's the one thing that I found interesting watching it was hearing it just subtly in their voices. Mm-hmm. Um, just that little bit of age, uh, you know, I don't know how old they are right now, but they're what in their fifties, probably in their fifties. Yeah. Cause I think, they well yeah i think that that um david duchovny was 30 maybe when he started something like that yeah i think they're a little older than i am so yeah i mean they're they're looking their age but it's it's not the age it's the mileage right exactly yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's kind of interesting though how many this might be an episode for us to do is just coming back in real time to these characters like Han Solo, Chewbacca, Princess Leia, you know, in The Force Awakens. Right. They've aged in real time. And so we're seeing Han Solo, you know, he's well past his prime. Well past his prime. Mm-hmm. And what else has done that? With uh, Rocky, with Rocky yeah. Balboa and now Creed, which I haven't seen Creed yet. But, yeah, you know, right. bringing that character back after years of being away. And we have Conan coming up. I don't know if they're going to do the same. Well, that's uh, what they're know. talking about, though time lapse but still they're talking about doing the conan movie with arnold schwarzenegger as the aged king conan instead of you know basically the conan you see on the throne at the end of that first movie Mm -hmm. where they talk about you know then he did this and this and this but those are stories for another day (laughs) but bringing those characters back and letting them be older Letting right. them not have to have the Hollywood fresh, young, smooth skin and face, but letting them carry their age. And so this is this is where we are here with, with our characters. We get to see them as they are. And man, I'm watching this first episode and I'm thinking to myself, I'm this is home. You know, this is just this. I seriously, I felt like I was sitting on my couch in my uh, apartment, um, you know, just sitting there, you know, dreaming about, okay, 
I want to write an X-Files episode, you know, <laughs> and, and feeling really uncomfortable because my friends invited me over thinking, and I come over thinking I'm going to watch an X-Files party and no, it's just an X-Files party because this guy likes that girl and they're going to sit on the couch and make goo goo eyes together and hold hands while I'm the only other person there. <laughs> Very awkward. But then also, you know, when I was first married and, and watching X-Files, my wife would actually watch those. She would watch X-Files not for the, um, the, the, the horror and the sci-fi stuff, mm-hmm. but because I watched it and she was by proxy getting to know Fox and Scully. And yeah. So I, 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 I just felt like I was back in a place where I was very comfortable and I really, really enjoyed myself in that first episode. So cool. I'm not going to talk anymore about the first episode. Do you have any more final words about this first episode that you wanted to mention though? I would say this would be uh, of the three, my favorite. Okay. Uh, so the second episode, Founders Mutation. Founders Mutation. I still feel home. I still feel like I am back in a comfortable place with people that I like. The X-Files are reopened. Uh, Mulder and Scully have an office. Yeah. You know, and it's it's the same office. There's still pencils in the ceiling. <laughs> That is such an awesome detail. And have you ever been in an old, old building where it's just stuff like that? That's just kind of odd that, yeah, but somebody threw that up there in the corner and no one gets up to the corner to clean that out. And so right. it's just still there. Yep. And and that's kind of what it is here. It's, you know, they've cleaned out the X-Files, but who cares about the pencils that are stuck in the ceiling? That's right. That's and right. who cares about the poster that's on the wall? Yeah. You know, and it's like... It's home. Skinner is back, and you got, yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting episode. I think it's getting a little odd for me because it's it's touching on stuff where I I I think to myself, does this element really have to be here to tell the whole story? Um, and you know, it's uh, the the first part where the guy is you know he he you know kills himself by the you know sticking the thing through his brain uh-huh. and the whole thing with the this you know whatever it is being this you know trying to communicate with sound or to trying to do something with sound i thought that was really interesting but at the same time they were doing stuff with um uh i don't want to get too much into it like the sexuality mm-hmm. of the the guy and, and his coworker and stuff like that, where I was like, I don't know if that was <laughs> terribly necessary. Um, it was I, just I feel like though, uncomfortable. I feel like this is not unusual though. I feel like this episode opens with the way X-Files opens people. You don't know thrown into this weird situation that Fox mm-hmm. and Scully are going to have to come and take care of. And, yeah, you know, where they, the the male prostitute in the bar, uh, that scene was uncomfortable, but it, you know, it took us to where we were going with, with their, their investigation. And I, you know, you, you can say they didn't need it there. Clearly writing it, they felt like they did, you know, because, well, where's the investigation going to take you to 
well, how about this character? You know, that kind of thing. But yeah. I mean, it could I have mean, been anyone. He could have, it he really, could have been a Mormon and, you know, had absolutely. two, you know, multiple families or something. I mean, it could have been almost anything. It could have been and anything. And this is what they, where they chose to go with it. But right. with the, you know, the high flyover here, this feels like a classic non-mythology episode mm-hmm. where yeah. it's, it's just a one-off. There's a mystery. We have to solve the mystery. And the mystery involves telepathy and involves uh, some pretty gross stuff. Uh, I, I feel like maybe they go into some more gross places um, than they did in the other, you know, earlier seasons. But, you know, when you're right. getting into like cutting open your own belly to let your baby yeah. out. And yeah. That, yeah, it's it's it goes into some gross places. But again, this is I'm feeling like this is a classic episode uh, you know, this would be if this season ten had twenty two episodes. This would be one of those we're pointing at. It's a classic one because of the, the themes of parenthood and, and child, children who are um, wanted or unwanted. And um, now, is this the one where it flashes back to um, yes, Mulder and Scully's son, and you know what they, how they perceive that relationship going? Had they kept the child yes yeah and i thought that was really interesting i thought it was i don't know if powerful is quite the right word here um you know the most recent episode of agent carter actually had me with tears just to prove that i'm not an unfeeling soulless monster to people but haven't seen it don't spoil it i'm not i'm just saying there was emotions going on because of some acting that was really really powerful here oh, thanks for ruining it for uh, me I man know, i know here, I, I don't feel that way. Here, I feel like we're getting some stuff that's emotional, but it's not affecting me emotionally. It's interesting, and it's confusing at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, yeah, because they, they put their son up for adoption, and they don't know really much about their son. And I'm wondering, you know, Scully tested herself to see if she had alien DNA in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. And did we ever get the results? No. I think, no. I th- they they imply some results, though. Right? Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know, if she is assuming that she, I don't know. I'll have to go back and, and it's it's ambiguous at this point in my brain. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, could, it could basically go either way, I think. And I think maybe she could also be keeping the truth to herself or something. So I don't know. Yeah. So they, they have this son who's out there somewhere and I'm wondering if we're going to get that, but they're imagining, yeah, that relationship they would have had and especially the Mulder stuff. And maybe it's cause I'm a dad, but, mm-hmm. um, and it's filmed really interesting where they're kind of moving from scene to scene, but they're kind of walking through the different scenes without cutting out of the scene for, Scully and for Mulder. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they're Mulder's launching a rocket with, with his son and um, <clears throat> Scully's dropping him off at school and telling him, right. you know, be good, you know, and do well or whatever. And, right. Um, so there's some cool stuff there with, with that. And as they're dealing with a case that has to do with children who have been removed from their parents or have been, uh, released by their parents, right? And, and we're getting some weird um, 
weird DNA diseases with the kids that in, in this weird hospital and yeah. So anyway, like I said, I, I'm again, feeling like I'm home. This feels like an episode that's in our series that are one of the reasons we like this series. Yeah. I think the way it ended also was the type of thing where I'm like, it almost seems like there's a part two to this. And in some way, I'm, I'm hoping those two kids end up in, you know, episode five or six or something. And it, it resolves because when in the original series, when things like this happened and, you know, the these characters were just sort of loose ends, you know, you, you saw them and some ominous music came over to let you know that these people are still out there. And then a lot of times it wasn't followed up on. But you know, I would, more more than you'd expect it to be, it actually could be followed up on then. And all right, every once but in a while they would. And, and you, oh yeah, yeah, I remember them. That was really cool. Yeah, but it, there's so many that are still out there. I thought one of the interesting things with my X Files War of the Worlds type movie thing would be taking all those elements that got were that were left, you know, and sh- strung out there, and using them and pulling them all in. So you have like this army of X-Files patients or whatever, X-Files subjects, you know, and they're doing something. Um, I thought that would have been a cool way to uh, to reuse those elements as well. But, of course, you know, that didn't happen. <laughs> Just in case anyone's wondering, <laughs> they didn't take my advice. Yeah. Well, maybe there's some fan fiction in your future here. Steve? Uh, I don't know about that. I I'm don't not, either. I'm not, I'm not big on fanfic. It's, it's not that I'm against it. You know, and it, I've, uh, I'm just saying you put a lot of thought into it. Is, is what I'm saying. Well, it's it's more of a thought of it's a wish, yeah. instead of a yeah. uh, you know a desire to do it myself. So, so yeah, I agree. At this point, this episode is not as good as the previous episode. Right, but. This is also one of those where sometimes you just sit through these episodes to get to the mythology ones, Mm -hmm. you know, but this is, yeah, it's good. Yeah, not bad. And I like the the sound element. Whenever you have things like that, you know, it's, it's one of those elements in the world that you can't see. So... You know, when, um, for instance, uh, when we first met Venom in the comic books, and it turns out that you know his weakness is sound you know so so spider-man goes to where there's a huge bell mm-hmm. and it's ringing this huge bell and it's it's repelling venom and venom just doesn't want to be repelled and all that stuff that's interesting to me how that those types of things work um well and, and what's I, nice about it is sound is a thing that is kind of mysterious to a lot of us mm-hmm. we know it can do things that more than just oh we hear it you know, we know sound can affect us in different ways. And it reminds me of the episode where you had those, those power lines that were causing like brain aneurysms, you know, mm-hmm. the, the high, the high power, uh, I don't know what they call them, but the, the high power power lines where uh, it's causing these people to, you know, die in their brain and not quite exploding or something. I, I don't remember all the details, but it's something that's there and that's a little bit mysterious. And then they take that thing and just run with it to make it just terrifying to move from just mysterious because we don't know much about it, or at least the layperson doesn't into something just 
absolutely horrifying. Like making, you know, you commit suicide with a pencil or a letter opener or whatever it was, sticks into his ear and, and then turns it to try and get his eardrum or whatever. There's just weird, gross stuff going on here. Yeah. And what's X-Files good at? Weird, gross stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So yeah, that's, that's a founder's mutation. And then we have Mulder and Scully meet the were monster. And I'm assuming, Steve, mm-hmm. this is the episode you were talking about that didn't quite hit you very well. This is the aforementioned episode, yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I can be really picky and just start from the, from the title. Um, or Well, let's talk about that? the guy who wrote this one, though. All right. Okay. This, the guy who wrote this episode, he's the guy who wrote Clyde Bruckman's Final Repos and Jose Chung's From Outer Space. Mm-hmm. And, he, I mean, he's he's written some of these episodes that are famous and loved or whatever because they're just wacky. Wacky, yeah. And just, when I, I remember when I first watched uh, Jose Chung's From Outer Space, and he just is this even an X-Files episode? <laughs> is, is this canon? You know, is this real? Because it feels really off. Yeah. Um, you know, with from the, the monologue. So it's just, okay. And the guest appearances it had what, uh, Alex Trebek and uh, it was. <laughs> yeah. But I like them. I I like Clyde Bruckman's Final Repos. That's the one with, um, oh, what's his name? Peter Boyle, uh, Young Frankenstein's monster, Mm -hmm. and also then the the uh, the father on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, and it's it's funny. It's goofy. It's weird. I think that's the episode where he like prophesies over Mulder and Scully how they're gonna die, (laughs) and. Basically, Scully's not going to die, and Mulder's going to die in a way that um, we probably shouldn't be talking about on a family <laughs> podcast. But yeah, uh, and Jose Chung's from Outer Space. That's the one where it's about a science fiction writer, and mm-hmm. it just gets into some weird narratives. And yeah, it, they're they're odd and they're offbeat, and people liked them, um, including people like me. Yeah. Um, and so this episode, Steve, I was in it. I was in it and I was really enjoying myself. I wasn't supposed to watch this episode when I did. I had stayed up late for some other reasons. And my friend, Tim Barron, asked me if I'd seen the newest episode. And I said, no. And he said, let me know what you think about it when you do. And I'm thinking, oh, he's contacting me because... He thinks it's he really good yeah. and he wants me to watch this. And so I started watching it and then I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, I have to get up. I'm just gonna keep watching. <laughs> and, and it just, <laughs> it starts off and it's just kind of weird. And then it goes from weird in, into where I'm just, I am really enjoying the character of uh, whatever the guy's name was. Um, the monster. What would they call the monster? Again, the I'm going to guy look. man. Yeah, that's right, guy man. <laughs> and I guess you know, 
it's tiding me over, but it's really when we start actually hearing Guy Man. Uh, that guy's on a show called um, Short Poppies, I think, that I watched, uh, I binged watched. It was only six episodes long, but he plays different characters. It's kind of the office vibe where it's that camera interview show. He's being followed by cameras, but he's different characters in each episode. In the final episode, all the characters are together to watch the documentary about their town that was made. And it's just clever cutting and him, you know, he's really funny. He's from New Zealand and and the show is from New Zealand. I'll give it a shot, you know, and then I'm in it. But then with, uh, with, um, the character here, I'm just, once he starts talking and telling his story and you realize he is a lizard monster who was bit by a human and is now a were lizard. But really, should we should be calling him a were man? But shouldn't be because the the prefix weir is the man part, is the human. So it's were wolf. It's where is the human part. So it's were human wolf. So <laughs> were monster or a were man would be a man man. Well, he's whatever. Okay, he wasn't a man. A lair lair man, whatever. But he was not a man. I love, and I I do wonder if they actually started out as this being a reverse werewolf story where it actually was a werewolf who would, um, you know, was, was bitten by a human. So it's a wolf bitten by a human who now becomes a man, but they, that's basically the idea there. The monster right. becomes a human. Right. And I, once we started getting into that, I was really just enjoying myself. And again, I should go to bed, but no, I'm going to, I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to keep watching. I enjoyed it. But you know what my real problem with this episode was? What? I mean, there was a lot of goofiness that I just wasn't picking up on. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of drug references that I was picking up on. it it, It was annoying that there were so many drug references. I mean, they were drinking. They were sniffing paint Paint, or whatever and then they were there were uh narcotics for uh antipsychotics yeah and the doctor takes his own narcotics Mm and even uh Mulder's car the license plate was something something like 216 xtc ecstasy (laughs) i didn't notice that i'm like it's just too much I, i was like is it a pro drug thing i had no idea i didn't know where to go with it I didn't know if it was humorous or not because it wasn't, it wasn't played for humor. It was played for presence. And I was like, uh, I, I don't know. And then the the real crux of it was when he became a man, he wanted a job. And he wanted to uh, you know, eat and have a dog. And he wanted all these things. But what makes humans different than animals is that we have that innate sense of the creator you know uh, uh, Romans 1 talks about you know it's it's in us if we're human beings if we're human we have that that sense that we're longing for that that connection with the creator and it wasn't obviously it wasn't touched on at all because it's a um, a, a show basically with an atheistic viewpoint to yeah. it. There's no well, and, and no. taking it from that atheistic viewpoint, this is what makes you a, what makes you a man is a sense of purpose. They, know, he but, wants yeah. purpose. He wants identity, and 
then he's not different though. That's the other thing though. When he becomes back to the lizard person, Mm -hmm. like the lizard creature or whatever, he is not different anymore. He, he remembers all the stuff he was as a man. He sounds exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And the only difference is, well, now I need to go hibernate for 10,000 years. Right. But it's, he's no different as far as personality goes. The difference is when he's a man, he wants, you know, he, he wants to lie about his, his sexual history, you know, right. because that's what humans do. Why do you lie about anything is to get people to like you more or to get people to do what you want them to do. And so as he becomes man, what does he want? He wants purpose. He wants, but the funny thing, I mean, the humor here is supposed to be that he's finding it in all these mundane places. He has a job that just drives him crazy. And when Scully first confronts him and then we don't see what happened, Mulder comes in to try and rescue her and she's standing there in the middle of his job. It's a cell phone store and everything is just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened? Well, he just said, he just said, he just said he couldn't say he couldn't take and just said, I'd like to ask you a question. He said he can't take it anymore. And he just throws everything around and we see that he actually already done that once before, you yeah. know? And so it's, it's this kind of, and this is where I think there is a little bit of a biblical worldview here, Steve, unintentionally though, is that he's looking for purpose in all the wrong places and recognizing that there is no purpose there. The, the, the looking for purpose in a job, in a dog I that guess. relies on you. But no, I'm, I mean, I'm I, saying, I think, I'm saying this yeah. is not intentional. What what I'm telling you right now, they did not intend that to be that it's there's no purpose there. There's this is not the right place to look for it. Maybe right. they are saying that, but they're they're not saying it for the same reason that I would say it or that you would say it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, the it's the actor who does it for me. It, it, his delivery, his timing, um, the way he's telling the story, and I'm watching it, and he's got this mustache, and he's dressed up like Kolchak, the Night Stalker, and <laughs> and I'm watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, I know this guy from somewhere, I know this guy from somewhere, and then. I'm thinking he could, is he the guy from short poppies? And, and then I looked up his IMDB record. I couldn't find that on there. I, I just missed it when I was going down the list. I'm like, oh, I can't be that guy. And then I, I looked again to see if I, cause I knew I'd seen him from somewhere and then, Oh, it was the guy I thought it was. And, and anyway, it was all delivery. Um, I wouldn't be raving about this episode if it wasn't for this guy, Reese, Reese Darby, I think his name is. Yeah. He, he did a great job with the character. I'm not going to, you know, take that away from him, but, but I don't know too many things <laughs> that I just, it just did not catch me. And it was supposed to be funny. And there was just so many things where I'm like, I feel uncomfortable laughing at that, you know, and it's just over and over and it just kept going. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I can only I, hope that they're better than this. You and Tim Barron would, would agree. But for me in these three episodes, we are getting a good representation of, what the X-Files was. We're getting the, the offbeat humor episode that, you know, take it or leave it. But mm-hmm. that's one of the things that they used to do. Right. Um, then you have just the, the regular mystery episode that's got horrifying, terrible, graphic, gross things going on. Right. Um, and then you've got the, the mythology episodes. And 
uh, in these three episodes, this is these three episodes reflect why the X Files was what it was, and and why it was a kind of cultural phenomenon, not mm-hmm. just a throwaway sci-fi show that is only enjoyed by people who like that sort of thing, so to speak. This was something right. that people liked outside of the genre. Fans of the the X Files are not necessarily genre fans, and. And this is why. And, and another big reason why is not just the types of stories. It's who's in the story, Mulder and Scully. Right. And yeah, so with that first episode, I felt like Mulder and Scully were Mulder and Scully. And mm-hmm. the, the Mulder and Scully that I knew before aged appropriately. Right. And, uh, this episode that we're talking about right here, not so much. But that's no. because they're in a comedy episode that requires them to do things for the comedy to work that they wouldn't have done. Like I said, with those other episodes where I'm just kind of this, does this really fit? (laughs) Is this really part of the world? I guess it is. Yeah. I don't know. What'd you think of the wrap up? Because one of the big themes for this episode was Mulder completely losing faith in the, in supernatural phenomenon for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, because he's going through all of these hoaxes, all of these right. things, you know, that he thought were real. And in the 20 years, yeah. In, in the 10 years since, um, oh, but didn't you love you, Jackalope? <laughs> like <laughs> Jackalope, uh, what ran my friend in the stomach or something like that with his horns. Jackalopes yeah. aren't Tell real. That Tell that it to my friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, here you have, unless this is, you know, unless this is Mulder fantasizing or losing his reality or whatever, because you only get it from him. It's not like both of them see it. It's not like it's anything that's verifiable. Well, wait, but, wait. How often does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> but it, you can see something from his point of view mm-hmm. at least at the very least that is verifiable that it's it's definite yes as long as he's sane and he's not dreaming or hallucinating or any of this stuff then this stuff is out there it does happen and you know it, as long as as you have those caveats in front of it um you know, it's going to be interesting. I bet I'm not the first person to to say this, but you say what you've just said. And what if that's a way to read the X-Files from beginning to end? Is it's all his. It's all his hallucinations. None of it is really happening. You know, and, and all of it really can be explained by Scully. <laughs> you know, oh, but that's another great scene. That could only work if you'd spent time with them, and that, you know a lot of this episode doesn't ha- require past knowledge of them. But the scene where he is basically arguing with himself, using Scully's own words before she gets a chance to speak—that mm-hmm. was again, it's it's classic, but it's yeah. only classic if you really know the characters. If you don't, you can kind of get the joke still, I think, but you're not going to be quite as as amused by it. Yeah. So if you don't, if you don't know the characters, you're going to think this guy's a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, there's there's context too, though. You can, context yeah. clues within, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think this one also out of the three, it's the one where the Mulder and Scully are the most interchangeable. You could, you know, as long as you could have this as a fringe episode, you could have this as oh, a, yeah. you know, or, or another episode, in, just rewriting Scully and Mulder out of there, you know, and just putting other characters in. There's really not a lot of depth to their characters in these episodes. There's a little things here and there, not a lot. So I don't, you know, I... I... Yeah, th- this episode here in particular is not about Mulder. It's no. about Guy Man, really. Mulder's arc in the episode where he's going from completely being disillusioned by all of the things that he used to believe in that are now being proven to be hoaxes or not real or mistakes. And and then at the end, he sees the lizard man as a lizard man. And yeah. now, you know, it, it it's a humorous episode. And so the end doesn't ring true, really, because you have him then say, oh, yeah, maybe I was meant to see you. And it's just, oh, yeah, this... He smiled. Oh, he has his faith back. <laughs> Why? Because he saw one creature. It was yeah. enough. It was enough. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it is. It's true. Because if one can exist, then any can exist. Well, even beyond that, not just if one can exist, any can exist. It's one does exist. Even if nothing yeah. else does, one does. So, yep. yeah. Well, all things considered, though, as a not I, I wasn't a casual X-Files fan, but I wasn't a fanatic. I was kind of in between there where I caught it every time I possibly could. But I wasn't immersing myself in things. I just had a couple books about the X-Files. <laughs> and three I, of my tattoos were X-Files right, right. related. And I did write an X-Files spec script. That never got sent out anywhere, but um, I I did you know early on in my writing days. This is when I was actually in Los Angeles learning about all this stuff, and mm-hmm. um, I did write an X Files spec script that I want to find now. I know I've got it around here somewhere, but I I want to find it and and see if it's as bad as I remember. Hoping maybe it's better than I remember, but it was about stigmata. Okay. Um. Well, I wrote, I wrote a it was a, a a prospectus for a follow up series, and it was as if everything in the X Files actually did happen. It's documented, and we have you know that proof. And it's like sort of the 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 other side of that. Instead of you know what is out there, it's sort of like why is everything out there? You know what's the big you know overarching theme of the entire thing? And instead of instead of the X Files, it was the Y Files. So it was like a sequel that way, sort of. Why? Oh, if I had my why? soundboard connected <laughs> right now, you would have gotten two sad trombones, <laughs> my friend. Two sad trombone sound effects. I want everyone who's out there to just imagine two sad trombone effects in just directly one after the other. Oh, man. It's like I can hear them. I can hear you doing it, everybody. I can hear you. I, I can hear you. <laughs> telepathically. Telepathically, our listeners are sending you sad trombones from the future. From the future. And you're feeling it right now. 
I'm fighting the future, though. There is an X-Files episode for ya. <laughs> and the why is easy to ascertain. Anyway. Uh, on that note, uh, we, in a couple more weeks, will come back and do an episode about uh, episodes four, five, and six. And I'm here's what I want to hear from you, Steve. Final word on, on this is where do you hope this goes? Where, where do you hope we end up with that sixth episode? I hope the sixth episode is something unlike we've seen in the X-Files, that we have five episodes where it's set up, where it's reliving, you know, re- revisiting all those characters and situations and all that fun stuff. So you have those five out of the way. You know, pack them up and put a little red ribbon on them, whatever you want to do with them. Mm-hmm. And then you have a sixth episode that is so different that it's just iconic. And it recasts those five episodes. So you're getting little things from them, getting stuff from the original series, and just punches you in the face with something we haven't seen before on X Files. That's what I hope. I hope that the next three episodes are strong episodes and you know, these, these past three episodes have been episodes I would put in the top 50%, you know, you have okay episodes, you have bad episodes, you have good episodes, you have great episodes. These three episodes fit on the good and great sliding scale. Hmm. Okay. I hope we get three more like that where you just, this feels like we're back home again. This feels like, you know, it's of a kind with the ones that came before. And yeah, all things considered, I also hope for a definitive end. Now we've gotten a couple definitive endings. It feels like, uh, and the end of the series was definitely a definitive ending more or less. I mean, there's still some, you know, things left up in the air, but it was left up in the air in an X-Files kind of way. Mm-hmm. where we're not going to get an answer to this. Why? Because it's X-Files. <laughs> um, I'd like a definitive ending. I'd like, a, if not a definitive ending, a happy ending for Scully and, and Mulder. Unless, you know, it's a true, it's a, a an ending that rings true uh, with just the idea of who they are and what kind of ending we should get from them. But that's what I'm hoping for. And, because you don't get that very often in, in X-Files. We have this opportunity to come back, come back home again. This is great. You know, they've done a good job. I feel like this is one of, one of, if not the best returns of an original cast to a project that's been dead for a while. Yeah. Because you have, I mean, just about everybody and I'm sure more coming up in other episodes, you know, we haven't seen the, the, the lone gunman, but, I'm pretty sure you're going to see them. No. I mean, maybe if they do a flashback. Those guys are dead. Even in a flashback. They're not dead. Yeah, they are. The actors? No, no. The characters. You can... can, Come on. (laughs) What? (laughs) They died a great death. We got their ending. We don't need to see them again. Yeah. I bet you'll see in a flashback. Maybe, maybe. I bet you. But, you know, if you think about, like, reunion movies, though, for a TV show that's been canceled, mm-hmm. they usually aren't great. They don't feel like a return to form. Right. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I'm talking about coming out for TV because, you know, the Star Trek movies aren't quite the same thing. Um, I'm talking about things like, you know, the Bionic Man and, and or the, the $6 million Six Man and the Bionic, Man, Man, yeah. Bionic Woman Return. Those and weren't great. Bionic Child, stuff right. like that. They, they weren't great. They were okay. And it's yeah. fun to see the characters back again, but that's where it ends and begins. And with this, I feel like we're actually getting episodes that belong in the canon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't just begin and end with, oh, it's great to see those people that I liked again. It's, it's oh, and, and we're getting a story that kind of fleshes out who they were and who they are and um, maybe expands on the mythology or maybe redefines the mythology, which I think, um, I'm not sure how much of the redefinition of the mythology that we got from that first episode is actually going to be the truth. Right. The truth is out there. So. <laughs> Really? You think so? Yeah, I do. Okay. It's out there. I think somewhere. I think it it's the truth is is like out there. <laughs> way out there. Is it's that what like you're saying? Way out. That's where the fun is. Way out. That's where the sun is. Way out. Oh my goodness. Are you referencing Flintstones? I think I am referencing the Flintstones. With that yeah. weird British band that had they looked like they had tires for bodies. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Way out, way out. That's where the fun is. Way, way out. out. <laughs> That's oh, where the man. sun is. Way out. I don't oh, know yeah. if I should feel good that I remembered that or bad. Oh, you should feel good. Very good. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jace would be like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Evan would be interested, but not, you know, I don't know if I really want to know. Where well, Steve, I think it's time to rein this in. Shut this down and move on. Next episode is going to be a special new episode, fun, different. It's that we've been promising it, uh, having Evan watch movies, not necessarily bad movies, but some of them will be. Right, right. But the movie we're going to talk about next, it's tied into uh, David Bowie mm-hmm. and his passing away. That's why we're doing that particular movie. And I can tell you right now, it is not The Man Who Fell to Earth. I do not recommend that movie to anyone. (laughs) There are particular reasons I do not recommend this movie to anyone. But the movie we're going to watch with Evan is something I feel very comfortable uh, recommending and and encouraging uh, people to watch, maybe. Yeah, because it's a cult classic. Yeah, and, and a legitimate favorite of mine. Yeah. In the pantheon of Muppet movies, this is one of them. <laughs> and I like it. Awesome. So I've already shown my hand, and I, we haven't even done that episode yet. But yeah, that's nice. next episode. Steve, anything else to say before we go? Uh, well, I think, you know, when it says the truth is out there, I think it would be really interesting if, like, there was. Um, an episode where there was a Bible somewhere and someone said the truth is in there. Or if they just referred to the out there part and they're just like, well, where, where is it? What we're looking for? And they point vaguely over and say, it's out there. Yeah. Their fingers pointing at the Bible. So anyway, yeah. the, the truth is in there. That's basically mine. what you've done. Steve is created one of those Bible covers you know, <laughs> with a picture that looks kind of X-Files-ish. Yeah. You know, and it says the truth is in here. Yeah. Not out there. 
I think I just did. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> you need to patent it. <laughs> Registered trademark. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what Steve has to say, but you all know what I have to say. And that is if you are in here or out there, wherever you are, thank you for listening and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.